Thank you for joining us today for the Christ First podcast. We have Jenison with us today who just returned from her mission. So go ahead and share with us why you choose to put Christ First in your life, Jenison. So my family and I, we grew up in Missouri. Well, I grew up in Missouri. And in Missouri, there's like a lot of people who believe in Jesus Christ, but also still a whole lot that don't. And like no one really talks about Christ a whole lot. Um, from the part that I'm at and so I never really had a strong foundation of like Jesus Christ always with me like at home yeah but like going out and about like with my friends like never really um and then at one time well one day my mom was saying like how she wanted to move and I was like really against that it's like I don't want to move I like where I live like I'm just comfortable and I'm in like my junior year, I'm like going to start my junior year and moving in high school. It's like really rough already. And so I was like, I'm not, I don't want to move. But then I finally was like, okay, I'm okay to move. All my siblings were wanting to move. I was like the only holdup on why we didn't move. And so my dad, he's a home designer. And so because like Utah is growing like crazy. We all decided like, okay, Utah is like the best place to go move. And we have family in Northern Utah. And so um, we made the move and it was really hard, especially for me. Um, Mentally it was. And I like fell in this really dark place and I love to draw. And so that's like how I would like express myself is like through my art and everything. And so my mom started to realize that my drawings got like really dark and she kept asking me like, are you okay? Like what's going on? And my junior year was just so hard, but there was this girl that like reached out to me and she was, of course, a member of the church. Um, and I just like got welcomed in. I was able to meet friends that were like, they were going to go serve missions and they were like really strong with their faith and they helped me build my faith up and at this time we like moved into this rental home and um my junior year is still hard like I didn't really go out and hang out with my friends I only saw them at like school and I had a good time with them at school wise but um there was one day I just like hit my knees and it was close it was like coming up to COVID um COVID like wasn't quite there yet And I was just, like, asking God, like, why is my life so hard? Like, why is it so rough right now? And so I just had this prompting to, like, go and get my, like, patriarchal blessing. Um, And so I went and got my blessing. And at this time, like, our lease on the house was about to, like, end. And they weren't going to let us renew it. And... We kept, like, looking for houses after house, and everything kept, like, getting pulled right out from underneath us. So we didn't have anywhere, like, to go. So we were pretty much going to be, like, homeless. <laughs> and so we're like, well, what are we going to do? Anyways, so I set up a time to go get my patriarchal blessing. And as, like, we went to go get my blessing, we saw this house for sale sign. And I was like, Mom, Dad, like, there's a house for sale. And let's go look at it. And my parents are like, let's go get your blessing first and we'll go look at it. And I'm like, okay, well, nothing's going to happen in like an hour, right? Anyway, so we go um, go get my blessing. Um, 
a lot of questions that I had personally um, when I knelt down and prayed um, were answered within my patriarchal blessing. And that was really cool because it was like in order. And I know that doesn't usually happen because apparently that's what I've been told a lot. Anyways, but that was really cool to see like my own questions get answered in a certain way. And another one was like, we found a house. So we would go and look at this house and it was like perfect like everything that my family like needed and so we ended up getting this house like within five days and I moved um into this house and so now I'm going to a new school my senior year and so I would have had to make whole new friends and I was like really nervous and I ended up like meeting my best friend and they really encouraged me to go on a mission um and they helped me get to the temple to go get like my endowments and was like a huge encouragement to me and I decided to put Christ first because like from the time that I moved to like the end of my senior year I was able to see like all these blessings that God like put in my life I was like well if God like would put me first then why can't I put him first right like like just talking about like a mission like it's only 18 months like that's all he's asking me to do so I can give it to him. So that's why I decided to put Christ first because of all those blessings. That's so incredible. So how do you feel like your testimony has evolved since going on a mission, coming home from your mission? So before my mission, I would say like I believed in the church. I wanted it to be true. I wouldn't say I knew it was true. I, I just wanted it to, right? That's a belief. Like you just hope for things. Um, and on my mission about like halfway through my mission, I got to a point where I was like, I really need to know what I'm teaching is actually true. Cause I got to a point where I was so scared that I was like leading people away than actually bringing people to the church and like closer to Jesus Christ. And like, that's all I wanted to do. Cause I wanted to be close to Jesus Christ. I wanted others to be close to Jesus Christ. So I was like, if this is leading people away, then I don't want to be a part of it. And so I, there was a moment where I, like, took my Bible specifically, because I, I knew in the Bible, like, going back to logic, <laughs> like, I just, I knew in the Bible, and so I took my Bible, and I, like, went in my closet, and, like, I knelt down, and, like, I prayed about, like, specifically about Joseph Smith, and about the church, and I'm a firm believer, like, you open up the scriptures, and your answer's right there, and so when I did that, I, like, flip open to, like, Matthew, I think it's 14, um, when, like, the sea is, like, wild, and Jesus ends up telling his apostles, like, oh, thou, like, little faith, where did you doubt? And that was kind of just a testimony to me, like, okay, I, I was taught this, like, that Joseph Smith is a prophet, that the church is true, that the Book of Mormon is another record of Jesus Christ, and, like, I believe these things, but I've had, like, my own doubts, and I, like, finally got to a point on my mission where I was, like, led to ask to come to know for myself, and so from the time of the beginning to the end of my mission, I came to know that it's true instead of just believing, and that's really helped me because it really was an anchor to me, knowing that this isn't just a belief now. It's not just something that's like a daydream. It's something that's real and like something that can actually change the world and help other people become like reach their full potential. What are things that 
you feel like you will set in stone now in order to continue putting Christ first in your life? I would definitely say first, like planning, like on a mission, like you start your day, like planning and you plan, like you plan your personal studies and you plan like what you're going to do that day. And there's this quote that I always go by that someone that I grew up with taught me whenever she was teaching like one of the young woman classes she said like she picture she pictures life like a pie chart it's not our life and we fit Christ into our life it's Christ is in the center and you should fit our life into Christ and so whenever it's planning you like you plan what's most important first like you make Christ like first you make him the center of everything and because like the ultimate goal of this life is to make it back to him and so what am I doing that is like prominent to that and do my goals help me maintain like my standards help me represent that I'm a member of his kingdom like on earth and so I would say like planning crucially like making sure that I do have like my studies at least even if it's like three minutes a day or trying to go to the temple like once a month I also went to the temple today so that was fun um and then always making sure that you like make good relationships with people that can help build you up rather than bring you down. I love that so much. How do you feel like you put Christ first in your life? I would just say the way that I go about like living. Like I'm not gonna go out and like like be a certain way at home and then be completely different when I'm out and about. Like I wanna I try to maintain like the same like personality the same way of living always so I'm like the same representation so I'm not like I don't want to say like fake but like the same like the same example of Jesus Christ because like this is the way that I believe in Jesus Christ this is the way that I understand Jesus Christ and his love for me and I want other people to understand like this is this is how I want to represent him what advice do you have for someone who is deciding to go on a mission? Okay, so my brother, he's serving a mission right now. Um, and he always tells me this. He's like, I hate this answer, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, honestly, pray about it. Like, I can see, like, a lot of people, I didn't like the answer, getting that all the time. I'm like, yes, I prayed about it. Honestly, that's the strongest tool. Like, I've seen it on my mission. Like, there was this person that we were teaching and um he wasn't that cognitively like inclined but we taught him how to pray for the first time he's like that was so cool and it was so sweet and like just the fact like you're talking to heavenly father and he knows exactly what you need he can direct you if you need to go on a mission when to go on a mission and ultimately if you are debating to go on a mission it never hurts to fill out the papers and just to start on it and if you get like a pit in your stomach that's probably an answer. Or if you get butterflies, like, oh, yeah, like, this is exciting. Or, like, I wonder where I'll go. That's probably your answer. Like, how cool is that? It never hurts to, like, just try it, right? Like, you're probably missing out on so many opportunities. And a mission is a great, great thing. Like, yes, it's hard. Missions are not easy. Like, they're actually really hard and sad and ugh, gut-wrenching sometimes. But, 
ultimately the reward that you get after like you completed your mission or just the change that you see in like other people's lives like imagine like you have this best friend that you have and you just want the best for them that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ and now imagine that they accept the gospel and they end up being baptized and their life's just changed for the better like there's nothing better than that and so if you're thinking about going on a mission my advice is to just start on the papers pray about it as you're going throughout the papers like don't don't hold off on it and then just see what happens honestly like it never hurts to try Okay, off the top of your head right now, what was your favorite experience from your mission? Okay, by far, one of like just the story about one of my recent converts. Um, just the whole story on how we met her. So I was serving on a college campus at OSU, and she, well, we were doing booth one day, and it was, I woke up. Sometimes I have like these highs and lows. Sometimes I get in low and I'm like, I don't want to do today. And so I woke up and it was supposed to snow that day. And I I did not want to do booth in the snow. Like my boots, like the soles were broken in half and my feet were going to get so cold. I, I don't know why. I was like thinking I had arthritis. I don't. But like my hands would like free shut and like my muscles would get so tense like and I couldn't move them like if they got too cold it was bad but so I was like I don't want to go do booth out for two hours in the snow like no one's gonna want to talk to us I wouldn't want to talk to them and so I like prayed that it would not snow that day and so I looked out the door right before we were going to go and it wasn't snowing it was raining instead and so I was like are you kidding me like, I was so mad and so angry. And so we ended up doing booth. They didn't cancel it. And I was kind of mad at the elders for it. I was like, come on, we could do it tomorrow. It's supposed to be a perfect day tomorrow. But they didn't. And so we ended up going to do booth in the rain. And my hands were cold. My feet were soaked. I had, like, long pants on. And, like, the water line was all the way up. My pant leg was so bad. But one of our recent converts was there. And he was like, just think, Sister Litchfield, like, someone needs you today. And I was like, okay, you know what? Forget myself. Like, this isn't about me. Like, someone someone needs me. I'm going to go talk to everyone that I see. And so that was probably, like, my favorite day at Booth ever. And so... I'm going out, I'm going to talk to these college students like crazy, and I talk to one after another after another, and Booth finally like finishes. And so then I and my companion like clean up Booth because the elders had to leave early for a lesson, and we see a friend come up, and she's like, you guys look so cold, like let me get you hot chocolate. And so we're like, oh, okay. So we're waiting out like in the rain for like five minutes, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, I'm so cold. I want to leave. And I was like, you know what? Let's, like, not miss this opportunity. Like, there's still people passing. Like, I'm going to go talk to someone. And so the first girl that I see, like, walking up, I go talk to her. And I I don't even know what I was saying. But I mentioned something about, like, plan of salvation or, like, the restoration. I can't remember exactly. But she committed to, like, meet with us the next day. And so... She ended up meeting with us, and we had a couple of lessons with her. Um, and when we finished 
teaching her the plan of salvation, we invited her to be baptized. And she said, no, like, I don't feel like I can be baptized. And I was like, well, why? Like, walk me through why you don't think you can be baptized. She's like, I don't feel like I can be forgiven. And I feel like a lot of people feel like that, like, like they can't be forgiven of things. But that's, that's the end right there. Like, that's a total lie. Like, everyone can be forgiven. And so I told her, I was like, hey, well, we retaught like the atonement of Jesus Christ. And we told her to go and repent, like pray, ask for that forgiveness. And I promised her that she will get an answer the way that she'll like know that it's from God where she'll be forgiven. Like I promised her that she would know that she was forgiven. And so that next day, I decided to fast and pray for her. And I'm like a huge believer also in dreams. I love dreams. Um, whenever I was like moving here, I had a dream that I would meet my best friend. And so I wanted her to have like this dream. I So I fasted for her to have this dream that she would know that she was forgiven in a way that would be specific to her. And so the next day after I did the fast, the next day we had a lesson with her. And we were teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to her. And she was telling us at the beginning, we we're like, hey, like, did you pray? Did you like ask for forgiveness? Tell us your experience. She goes off and she's like, she starts off like this. Do you guys remember the story in the Bible about the guy who interprets dreams? And I'm like, this girl's going to want us to interpret her dreams. Well, I'm going to have to bring it to her. Like, we can't interpret dreams, but this is kind of cool. And, like, I told my companion that I was fasting for her. And my companion just looks at me. She's like, what just happened? And so we're, all, we're like, okay, well, like, tell us about your dream. And she's like, I had this dream that my grandpa came to me. And he told me that I was forgiven. Just, just that simple. I was like, no way. And so I was asking her, like, what she thought it meant. She's like, I feel like I'm forgiven. And that I can be baptized now. And so she got baptized three weeks later. And she's the cutest thing ever. I just love her so much. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. I love that so much. That's such an incredible testimony of the power of fasting. One of the things I am very passionate about is having a foundational understanding of who we truly are. Being children of God. We live in a world where everyone is searching to find their true selves and the adversary is constantly working harder and harder to confuse us. So what experiences or things have you done in your life to help you know that you are a daughter of God? That one's a good question. I feel like I've had a lot of experiences that's helped me get there, especially so my end of my mission got really hard for me. Um, I really wanted to extend my mission. I totally would. But, like, mentally, I was not that stable. And I was just really struggling, especially, like, knowing my identity and my purpose. And so I I love to write, too, actually. I'm not grammarly really good at it, but <laughs> I just love to write. And I like writing, like, exp like expressing myself, like, um, and so I would always write, and I would, like, write these communicate like I guess I'd write a conversation between me and God um just like the first thoughts that come in my mind I would write down and a lot of them were like pertaining to like 
my purpose and my identity. It's like, like, why am I here? Like, who am I? Like, I feel like I don't have much of a purpose. I don't know if I'm as good as this person, right? Like, comparison's the worst. But um, I would always write these, like, conversations between me and God. And the first thoughts, like, that always come is, like, you are worth it. Like, Jesus Christ wouldn't have died for you if you weren't worth it. But you are a daughter of God. And there's a song, um, God, I love the mission music. That song, like, He Believes in You, like, really helps me. Because that would apply to, like, my conversations with God. It's like, He believes in you. Like, you have a future and it's bright. Um, you just have to keep putting Him first, honestly. And he'll, like, help you through everything that you go through. And, like, you're never alone. Oh, someone said this. Like, you have three voices in your head. It was on talk on Sunday in church. Um, I can't remember who was talking. Anyways, but um, she's like, the first is God's, the second is Satan's, then the third is your own. And your own usually takes something bad, like insecurities or something, and runs with it. And so, usually whenever I have, like feelings from the spirit Satan comes and like takes him twists it and then my own mind holds on to that and like brings me down it happens with a lot of people right and like those the feelings of the spirit like I came to learn to like accept this the first thought like remember that the spirit always talks good if it's not good it's not of the spirit and it's not true it's a lie and so those are experiences that I'll say that I've had. I love that so much. It seems like it's become a trend the last few years for the world to tell us to, quote, be your most authentic self. And I love and I hate this phrase. On one hand, it helps us focus on who we truly are. But on the other hand, it allows the natural man to turn inward. I reflected on this question and began to feel confused. So one day I was praying about it and I heard the spirit tell me, your most authentic self is a daughter of God. Simple as that. And that brought me so much peace. And I feel like that's a testament to how the world seeks to confuse us and the adversary seeks to confuse us while the gospel of Jesus Christ is so simple. And I want to say that again. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simple. The doctrine is simple. The history can be confusing, but all of that is secondary. The primary focus should always be on the simple teachings of Jesus Christ. I like that you said, like, being the most authentic part of yourself is, like, being a child of God. And I like that you brought up joy. Like, that's one thing that I've been studying a lot, um especially since I've come off my mission because like you even hear it just being a normal like latter-day saint is oh you have a light about you like what is this light and I'm like what is this light like I don't know what this light is like what are you talking about what are you seeing and I got to a point where I was like I want to know what you guys are talking about like what is this and so I like went to the temple and I just had like this epiphany like oh, this light is, like, the joy that comes from Jesus Christ. Like, the light is joy, and that only comes through 
Jesus Christ, through the redemption of Jesus Christ. And, like, going through those hard times, like, you lost your parents. Like, yes, that's so hard. Yet it's joyful because you have Jesus Christ. You've felt that redemption in your life, and you know that it's going to be okay. Like, at the end, like, it's going to be okay because it's, like, this whole plan that God has for us, it's perfect. I have a quote. Can I share it? It's, like, hypothetically quoting God. And it says, like, I allow trials because it proves the genuineness of your faith. And I think that's so true. Like, we have these things to solidify. Like, okay, I do have a testimony of this. Like, I just got through that because of my foundation. Because that I knew who I was. This is one thing that I always, like, shared with people that I like met on my mission like whenever I taught them like especially about the Book of Mormon I'd be like well this is what the Book of Mormon is about like let me teach you what you're gonna learn as you read about the Book of Mormon and come to like know about it okay, so it says the Book of Mormon testifies that all human beings are sons and daughters of a loving heavenly fa- loving father in heaven that he has a divine plan for our lives and that his son Jesus Christ speaks to that speaks today as well as days as days of old and I think that's so beautiful that it's like the book of Mormon testifies that we're all sons and daughters and that's one thing that I came to learn more on my mission too as like I actually read the book of Mormon and like learned about it is that I am a daughter of God well thank you so much Jenison for being with us today and for sharing your story please join us again next Friday for another episode of the Christ First podcast